Welcome to the Stormy Night Stories podcast. Our story for today will be called Lament of the Forest. Every life touches another. This is a common truth. But what some people don't realize is that the loss of a life can touch even more. It was a particularly humid morning in the Bogwood Forest. The trees awoke and greeted each other with soothing whispers. Or was it the wind blowing through their leaves? None could say for sure. Regardless, it was clear that it was going to be another peaceful day for the foliage. The oldest and wisest among them was a thick oak tree. Though he was old, he was a symbol of great beauty and strength. Moss wound its way through the cracks in his bark, yet there he stood, as if welcoming the invaders. His leaves were so dense that sunlight would never touch your skin if you stood under him. He was so thick and imposing that the other trees wouldn't dare invade his personal space. The great tree was flattered by the respect he had garnered, but respect did not fill his lonely heart. He yearned for true friends, and on this morning, he would finally do something about it. As the warm, muggy morning was ushered in after a cold night, the great tree shook his leaves as if he were a wet dog trying to dry off. Falling from his leaves were hundreds of little dew droplets hurtling towards the soft soil below him. The dew drops plopped onto the ground one by one, and before long covered it like a wet blanket. However, instead of sinking into the dirt, their impact sent them back into the air, bouncing like tiny marbles. I'm Diddy! I'm Dexter. I'm Daisy. I'm Darwin. As if introducing themselves to a classroom, the dewdrops took turns listing off their names. The plethora of names echoing in the forest and the dewdrops' cheerful bouncing filled the great tree with such happiness. These were his children, and as long as he was alive, Nothing would interrupt their perfect utopia, or so he thought. The dewdrop's favorite pastime was to play in the nearby puddles after it rained. They would use the sturdy leaves hanging above them as diving boards, as they provided a smooth and exhilarating slide down. The dewdrops naturally floated to the surface so there was no danger in the activity. Another popular sport among them was hide-and-seek. The forest provided many great hiding places, though the great tree made it clear that hiding in his body was strictly off-limits. The family happily wasted their days together with not a care in sight. Indeed, the great tree felt like he had it all. However, It's only when someone has everything they need that they begin to wonder 
what more they can have. One morning, when the forest sung with wind and rain, the tree was feeling adventurous. With his leaves rustling once again, he collected all the moisture he could and released one more member of his family. I'm Dewey! The new dewdrop exclaimed as he bounced around in the wet soil. Dewey was not the most interesting name, but in the tree's defense, he was running out of names that started with the letter D. What was interesting, however, was Dewey's size. He was massive, being almost double the size of the other dewdrops. This made him quite noisy as he sloshed around the playground. At first, the others met him with curiosity. How did he get that big? they thought. And when they couldn't find the answers, they resorted to the easiest substitute. Rumors. Some even went as far as to say that he ate others of their kind. The great tree had always taught them to be kind to one another, so they stayed quiet for a little while. That is, until they had reasons to speak out. During their daily playtime, Dewey, of course, wanted to join them. One day, they were taking turns sliding down a leaf. And when Dewey's turn came, he slid down with the most gusto out of all of them. His weight was so overbearing, it made the leaf become droopy and unusable. The dewdrops behind him, who had waited their turn, shouted at Dewey. Their faint moans of disappointment came down on him like the oppressive rainstorms they often endured. This made him wonder what he did wrong. After all, wasn't he just doing the same thing they did? Another challenge Dewey faced was hide-and-seek. It's easy to see why a bigger glob of shining dew would be easier to find than the rest. Dewey knew this most of all, so he talked to the great tree about it. They always find me first, he said with a somber tone. Please, 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 can you help me? The great tree felt personally responsible for this handicap so he agreed to let Dewey hide in his deepest hollow. Not surprisingly, Dewey was the last to be found that day, and when the others found out why, a wash of shame covered both of them. The great tree is off limits! Why does he get to break the rules? The great tree likes him more than us! We were here first! He's just a big fake! These were all sentiments that the community shared, and before long, Dewey was no longer allowed to play with them. This left him to spend his days alone with the great tree. Though the other dewdrops still loved the tree, any time they saw him with Dewey, they would prefer to stay away. They hate me, don't they? Dewey asked the tree one quiet evening. The tree tried to muster an amused look, as if to wonder why anyone would ask such a ridiculous question. But it wasn't ridiculous, 
and he knew the answer. Dewey, I made you special, and sometimes being special isn't easy. But why me? Why can't I just be like everyone else? My child, everyone was born to serve a purpose. Your purpose may be hard to see at times, but keep looking. You will find that you are more important than you first thought. Of course, the great tree knew this was a sugar-coated answer. He created Dewey to see how his family would react to those born different from them, and he was ashamed of the results. Around this time, nature was ready to take back her planet. Pollen wafted through the air, and the flowers knew that spring had begun. The great tree was no stranger to the festivities of spring, and decided to celebrate in a peculiar way. At the ends of his branches, there grew hundreds of glittering golden acorns. Once the dewdrops caught wind of this, the colony rejoiced. To them, this was just another example of the great tree's wondrous power. Despite past bickering, everyone came together to celebrate the golden acorns, and the occasion was creatively named the Golden Acorn Festival. As they all danced under this golden glow, Dewey found himself too stunned to move. For the first time in his life, he felt at one with the forest, like he finally belonged. Was this what it truly meant to be a family? Unfortunately, much like spring itself, celebrations can be all too brief. Cutting through the light of the sky was a shadow that the forest knew all too well. A dark aura surrounded the path of its flight, and its shrieks echoed so that even the moon could hear. It was a crow headed straight for the great tree's bountiful harvest. Circling its victim with a bloodthirsty determination, the crow made small lunges at the tree. His children cowered as they clumped together for protection. Acorns, once shining with hope, fell to the ground. The mud would consume them, blocking out the hope that the dewdrops desperately needed. Dewey stood alone as usual. He felt the despair of his peers, but rather than being afraid, he was angry. Whether he liked it or not, this was his home, and these were his people. Losing it all would only rub salt in his void-like wound. In that moment, he remembered the great tree's words. Everyone was born to serve a purpose, and he finally found his. Like a ball of molasses, he slowly started to make his way up the tree's trunk. Dewey, what are you thinking? The great tree scolded. Get back, I can handle this. But Dewey didn't listen. 
he slithered between the old cracks and creases of the bark, which made it easier to hold on. Not to mention, he didn't want to be spotted by the crow. Every once in a while, the crow would swoop in to take an acorn, shaking all the leaves and branches. In those moments, Dewey became the most aware that what he was doing was definitely insane. Still, his mission never left his mind, and when he found the perfect branch, he waited. Dewey took one last look at his friends, none having the courage to look back, and took a deep breath. At the precise moment when the crow was right underneath him, he let go and let the wind take him away. Falling off the branch reminded him a lot of his birth. Back then, he thought about what he wanted to be. Now, he could only think about what he had become. An outcast? A nuisance? Maybe. But he had fulfilled his purpose, and for that, he was eternally content. Dewey, colliding with the crow's head, provided a deep plopping sound. The crow became drenched and couldn't see anything. It flipped and flapped and corkscrewed through the air, shrieking even louder than before. The stress of the situation made the crow back off from the tree, and the dewdrops looked up to see what happened. Dewey's body was nowhere to be seen. Instead, they could only see the faint mist of his remains. Whichever way you looked at it, Dewey was gone. Your brother has given you time, warned the tree to his children. Don't squander it. Leave me and save yourselves. But before they could react, the crow was already back in its regular attack formation. He sacrificed himself for us? But why? We did nothing for him. We didn't even get to say thank you. The collective shock of the tribe stopped them from thinking about themselves, and they found it impossible to leave. Instead, they did the same as Dewey and climbed the great tree one last time. The tree was tired of scolding his disobedient children. He held great concern for their well-being, but was also overwhelmed with gratitude at what was unfolding. One by one, the dewdrops reached the top of the tree, and once they all got there, chanted their last words. For Dewey and the Great Tree! Almost like creating a waterfall, they all poured onto the crow's head, practically blinding it. The crow would be sure to never invade that part of the forest again. But in return, the Great Tree's children were gone. It was a sobering thought. He mourned the loss of his family but also learned a valuable lesson. When Dewey was born, he thought that his children lacked the ability to love one another. But after their sacrifice, 
he realized that they always had that ability. Only, for someone like Dewey, who is different from them, that love would take a little more time to develop. So, he found another solution. After another rainy night, he once again shook the dew off of his leaves and created another family from scratch. Only this time, everyone was different. Some were as big as a marble, whereas others were like shiny specks of dust. The big ones lounged around, and the small ones bounced with energy. They were all unique, yet unified. And from that day on, peace filled the foggy air in the Bogwood Forest. Thank you for listening to the Stormy Night Stories podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider checking out the links down below.